Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pistolka. With me today, I've got none other than Michelle Gunn. Michelle, glad to have you here today. It's great to be here, Damon. I love your show, and I'm so excited to be able to be here and talk with you and with everyone who shows up and watches the replay. Yes. We're going to talk talk today about helping executive moms find their inner talents. That's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna do, and hopefully not just executive moms, because you talk to a lot of people, and uh, you really help them find those strengths. So, Michelle, first of all, let's let's just get a little bit of background and kind of what what led you into coaching. Um, it a life experience, first of all, uh-huh. and those who know me know that. My previous job, I worked for in the church for 14 years, mm-hmm. and I was working with a pastor in my last church job with trying to develop people, bring them into bringing their talents into the church to get them involved and to tie that love in, of course, with money, yeah. but to really bring people out to service. And as we were looking for different programs to see what we wanted to bring to the church, we stumbled across Clifton Strengths, which I hadn't really heard of, wasn't familiar with. Mm-hmm. And we talked to some other people, and the pastor and I both with the research thought this was the way to go. So I took the assessment, and for me, it was both a confirmation of who I am Um, an awakening of some things that I didn't want to own and found out, yeah, that's you and still working on owning some of those. Um, Also realized why I could do something well for many years and not feel fulfilled. So as I went to, we decided there was two ways to bring the program to the church. One was to pay Mm-hmm. Gallop to send people out to do it, which is very costly, um, but money well spent. In case Gallop's listening, yeah. Um, yeah. Or to certify somebody in house, and yeah, I wanted to do that. So I became a cert- Gallop certified strengths coach. Fell in love with it. My talents really align. Some of my top talents are developing people, and through my life. I have always done that. I've always taken people on, worked with them, trained them. I've been someone that people have come to, to talk to for advice. Not that I always have the best advice, but someone who will listen to people. It was very rewarding for me for that position. And that's when I decided coaching is really where my heart, my passion is, where I get my fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really how I became a coach. Yeah, so it's kind of cool that it, it it 
developed out of a need that in the, in your job and mm-hmm. you're able to go in and try to and hone your skills at that and then turn it into into a different career yes absolutely so this you said a couple things in here that i'll, I'll just get started <laughs> <laughs> okay because you said about something about yourself and i think it, it just it just really struck home with me and it's about owning who we are mm-hmm. you said owning who you are so I got to believe that that's one of the first things that you got to be doing when you're coaching somebody and really helping them understand, you know, some of their opportunities to, to, you know, build or to create a life that they, they enjoy more or something like that is, is really just figuring out who the heck uh, they really are. Absolutely. And that's definitely where I like to start because Obviously, I've learned a lot old, later in my life than I did yeah. earlier in my life. Just yeah. to say, I guess to say it that way. Honestly, if I, I love my kids. They turned out great. But I would so do things differently so that they would be a better them. Because when we, when we are born, you know, we're taught to do things. We go to school. We're taught to do mm-hmm. things. If you don't fit the mold, you're told right? Yes. You got to do it this way. Lots of examples, right? Um, One of the examples that we like to use is um, for right-handed people, write your name five times with your left hand. Yeah. How difficult is that, right? Then write it with your right hand. What you naturally do well, you can do better with practice. What you don't naturally do well, you might get better at it, but most likely it'll never be perfect. And I, and I know people who are left-handed and went to school were made to be right-handed just to think the problems that they had. Same thing with our thinking on teaching math, right? You yeah. got to do the problem. doesn't matter if you get the same answer. We're taught to think a certain way, to behave a certain way. Now, I, obviously, there's, there's rules we need to follow, things to yeah. keep, keep safe. Um, I always... My son was a chatterbox. He just talked and talked and talked and talked. And that's something as me, I remember um, second, no, I think it was first grade. Yeah. Tape over the mouth. Right. Yeah. Because I talked too much, you know, instead of teaching kids when it's appropriate to talk and to really teach them how to build on that talent and how to use it, uh, we, we stifle it. We don't yeah. let people be who they naturally are. We make them work harder. If you're not good in math, they make you do more math. That really doesn't make you good in math. Yeah. It most makes most people hate math. So that's, that's definitely one of the things I would change. And knowing yourself and knowing what to build on will only make life easier and more enjoyable. I'm not sure if I'd rambled too much and didn't answer your question. No, 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 because you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think you hit one of the, one of the real things that we're taught at a very young age is, you know, you got to work on your weaknesses. And as you mm. get older, you just realize that, you know, I, I myself, I'm never going to be a creative person. I, I can try all I want. I'm never going to, I'm just not, I, I can do a little bit. 
Hey, uh-huh. I, I'm not going to go there. There's a lot of other places that I can, they can build on strengths and really capitalize and use those through my life. I just, there's just, but if we go back and you talk about the writing example, I'm a left-handed uh-huh. writer and I'm often not only a left-handed writer, but I write kind of upside down with my left hand. I never could do, I, you know, just horrible penmanship. So they kept uh-huh. going and going and going instead of just saying, you know what, print, move on. Mm-hmm. because I, I i just it was it was it was one of the worst things ever that i wanted to do and it made me so i did not want to write when i was in in grade school now i now i like to write but i'm not using a pen and i'm, I'm using the computer or, or something like that or even if i do it's all printing and i think that's just examples of those like you said like math it's like hey if you don't like math let's just get you through the basics and call it good you know, if right. you can add, subtract, multiply, divide a little bit, call it good. You don't have to understand calculus. But I think that you're right. A lot of people are are, are put into a certain mold and we just don't fit it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the second thing you said, well, first of all, I want to do a couple of things because we got Ronald on here. Great to see you tonight, Ronald. Thanks so much for being here. And thanks, Ron. Yeah. And Melissa's here too. All right. Good Good to to see see you. you. Yep. Oh, and Ronald said too, his wife was left-handed, forced to write Mm right-handed until her mom. (laughs) Good for her mom. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff because it does. I mean, sometimes it does take intervention Mm -hmm. and uh, I know, you know, it just, it just happens. Just happens. I'll say, because it does, it's people, people do. And I think now even in schools, um, because I, I schools are made for masses, not for individuals. Right. And I think that's one of the things that we run into is we have to remember that as as parents, as people, that we are individuals and what works for somebody else may not work for us. Exactly. And uh, that's good. But you said something else about doing well without being fulfilled. And I think that's <laughs> that, that's an awesome. I mean, it's an awesome thing to discuss because there are a lot of people that are really good at things. Mm-hmm. I mean, really good, but do not like doing them. Yes. So you said you were doing well at something, but you weren't fulfilled. So what were we talking about there? Oh, I got to tell. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did many years of management. I did fast uh-huh. food, retail and church management. Uh-huh. And I could manage people well. I could manage a business well. I, I get tired after, you know, a few years. It, it, it's not not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, I could get the results that were desired, but it got to a point when you just didn't want to go back to work anymore Yeah, because you weren't getting anything out of it except a paycheck. And although we all need money, mm-hmm. most of the time, money is not going to fulfill you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's very true. That's very true. And I think that's, the, that's another trap that a lot of people get into is like, they think, because they need the money, they they do need to stay in a role or they mm-hmm. need to do something that, that doesn't fulfill them. Um, but there are other things they can do. And it, do you find that that's, that's pretty common, that people are, are doing something just because that's what they've always done or that's what they you know went to school for? Or what do you, what do you typically see when you are talking yes. to people about that? that? It, absolutely. A mixture of all of it. A lot of times, and especially... With some people, they get caught in 
it could be a keeping up with the Joneses situation or a need to have things and money becomes the ruler of their life. So although they were planning on maybe going back to school, switching careers, they now get stuck having to pay for that new car or, you know, whatever the new fad things is, or their kids have to have the newest iPhone or whatever. And then it's no longer about fulfillment, but it's more about working for that paycheck. Also, um, a, a lot of times when we're growing up, our parents want to push us, shove us, guide us into the career that's making the money, right? Mm-hmm. I know I, I was told um, my parents won't be watching this, so I'm good, but... <laughs> Um, you need to be an engineer because those are the people that are going to be making all the money. Okay. That's great. I was, I was good in math. I was not great and I did not excel. They made me take extra math. That's why I had to stay after school every day for one-on-ones. Could I learn to do it? Yes. Do it well? I'd say no. So a lot of times that happens. Um, I've had other family members that went to certain college for a certain program to make their parents proud luckily they woke up and said this is not the life i want and changed careers a lot of times people don't have the support to do that or the strength the courage to do that yes so it's 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 important that we do realize what does make us happy and i think like we said earlier to be able to find what really makes you happy. And I'm not like, I'm not talking about that instant. I got a new toy happy yeah, yeah, or a bonus happy, but that truly internal joy from within, you really need to know yourself. Yes. I, I got, I'm writing some notes on that because, because there, there's, cause you just mentioned one of the things that I think that, that people get mixed up in their head and our minds are, whatever in their lives is that there is there, there are different happies mm-hmm. and, and that, you know, you just said like the happy of opening a, you know, a present compared to the happiness that <clears throat> makes you, makes you feel like you're really fulfilled and, and happy with what you're doing, even if it's work. Yeah. How about if you say, I get to get up and go to work today instead of, Oh, I have to get up and go to work today. Right. Yeah. 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 And when you can get that, that's, that's something I think, you know, like you're saying, you, you help people figure out who they really are and then help to figure out how to make that more of their day. That's got to make a huge difference in, in their, their long-term happiness. Absolutely. And sometimes just, just the biggest change is for them to get confirmation of who they are and who they are is good and strong. Sometimes we don't embrace what's good about us because we are told, okay, I'll use me for an example. So I have a few family examples. Anyway, (laughs) so when I was younger, okay, Mm -hmm. I had been told by other kids I was nosy. In fact, my daughter still tells me that. Um, For me, one of my top strengths is the fact that I like information. So if something new pops up, I will learn what I can that I can use. Sometimes I will shelve it away. So when somebody asks me later, I have that information, but I always like to have information. So being younger, 
and sometimes being older, it's construed as being nosy. And I just have that desire for information. Um, my youngest daughter, she knows I, I talk about her for this. Because people throw around the word empathy a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you need to be empathetic. That's really something that is innate for people. You can learn the skills that mimic empathy. But to really be empathetic is really something that you're born with. And of course, when I became certified, I had my whole family take the assessment, of course. And my youngest daughter and her top five was empathy. This girl does not care about anything. I could not figure out how she scored that. And, you know, out of the mouth of babes comes wisdom. She says, Mom, I know how people feel. I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I know how they do it, but I mean, <laughs> knowing it, knowing it's cool. I mean, knowing it is it, because uh, understanding how people are feeling mm -hmm. is, is so important in the communication. Yeah. So it, even when we do learn more about ourselves and like you use the term weaknesses earlier, I've yeah. come to use the term challenges in the place of weaknesses, because a weakness is just something that we haven't worked on. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily something we're going to be the best at. So it may be a challenge for us. It may be something we need to overcome, or it may be something that we can delegate, or maybe something that we can just lean on somebody else for. Yeah. That's, that's a good thing about working in teams is because all the people on the team don't have to be perfect or have the same skill set. If they do, your team, it's going to suck. Yeah, right? it is. Yeah. Yeah, because everybody's going to want to do the one thing. But having a more balanced team with a mix of talents on that team will be a much stronger, cohesive team. But having the team members understand how each other operates makes for the strongest team. Yes. Yeah, that's a great, a great point because you have to have the diversity in the team to have a more effective team but they also need to know how to communicate and work together. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we are human. So even though I'm educated in this, understand it and love it, sometimes I forget and I got to kick myself. Listen, you know, that person needs time to think, quit expecting them to answer you immediately. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That, that is, that is a good example of it for sure, because, you know, and it is, and that's, that's one of the things I think as, as we begin to understand ourselves better and how we interact with the world around us. Um, and I don't know if empathy is the right word, but considering the other person that you're talking to and their situation and what's going on in their life and the, uh, the other things around it help you to really I think communicate better, but communicate in, um, uh, you know, a more timely fashion. You don't see that you don't, it's like, Hey, I might've wanted that response a lot faster, but realistically they're awfully busy mm -hmm. and there's a lot of other things could take up their time that are more urgent than that. And, uh, it's, it's interesting how, how, as you can understand that better allows you to be a better communicator, because if you, if you start out something communication with someone, Hey, I know you're busy. Can you just, just wanted this real quick, blah, blah, and, and get something brief like that. Your, your communication seems to go a lot smoother. Right. And to remember that communication takes two people, right? You have someone who's giving the communication and someone who's receiving it. It's not the person receiving it is not always getting the same message you're, you're giving them. So you have to keep that in mind. Also. Oh yeah. 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 What they're receiving. <laughs> 
they're mm-hmm. receiving. Wow, yeah, I was just thinking about that. That's that's something what they're receiving because you're thinking about that part of it and how they're going to feel about what you're what you're saying, especially in a tough situation. So right, that, a, that's go yeah. Ahead. A simple real life example in an office I worked in, um, we had one person, and I don't. She's probably not watching, but I love her dearly. It's not meant bad. That she's one of those people that speaks her mind without thinking. Mm-hmm. She just says whatever on her. Whatever she says, you know, she means it from the heart, good or bad. And we had another person in the office who was very, 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 very sensitive. Mm-hmm. Got a new haircut, came in and asked all of us what we thought about the ha- Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know where I'm going. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of tried to give an answer that was both pleasing to her and honest. And my, my dear friend, said she didn't like it and that just crushed the other lady and then we had a big discussion in the office about communication why'd you ask me if you didn't want to hear the answer you know yes yes (laughs) yes because it is it it could be the truth it's the honest truth that you know i didn't like it but the the recipient of that that's not why they asked the question Right. So thinking about the receiver when we're giving a message often helps. Sometimes we need yeah. to clarify and also being the receiver to try to keep an open mind of what they're trying to communicate and not always take it personally, take the message as a message, not as a personal comment, which is hard yeah. when we're human. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, Kenneth says he loves the term challenges rather than weaknesses. I do too. I think it's, it's really good. And then, um, Ronald said that, you know, empathy helps in customer problem resolution. That mm-hmm. certainly does. Yep. In fact, and I was reading this morning and it talked about a situation where the, the person that called into a customer service line was very upset about the, about the service, about something in the service. And they stopped and thought this person and the other end of the phone did not cause this. It's right. not their fault. They're just dealing with it. So I need to reframe how I'm doing. And they, they, they apologized and started the conversation over. And they said, it came to a resolution so much easier because I was, yes, I was frustrated, very frustrated. But the way I approached it, I realized, stopped myself, mm-hmm. backed up and started over. And it turned out much better than it would have if I would have kept going down the same, uh, the same way without stopping and, and starting over. Yeah, I think we can all do that, like regularly. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is, it is, is, is amazing if, if you do, you know, like you do in, in helping coaching people and they really begin to understand where your strengths or challenges are. If you can see yourself, like if you got a trigger or something, it's like, all right, every time my husband says this, just, I just go off the, off the, you know, off the charts. And it could be, you know, oftentimes it's just something silly. Right. And I mean, I'm talking about me as a man, woman, doesn't matter. We have all these things, but if we understand that point of where, where we go, I I go crazy when this happens, you know, there's Mm -hmm. things that we can do to help, uh, maybe talk to our spouse and say, can, when you're going to do this, can you rephrase it a different way? Or we figure out how to receive it differently mm-hmm. to help do this. And I, I'm, I'm amazed the more I, the more I talk with, with people and understand it myself and, and do that, 
Do you think that that's a lot of the things that you, that you see in coaching is that people just need to, uh, that people work on trying to take things in differently? Or do you think that's not really um, you, effective? Yeah, usually when there's when there's a big struggle, whether it's personally or professionally, we need to really talk about the situation, what happened, how how you reacted, because now control the other person. We can only control how we react to the other person. Yeah. So yeah. that can, like you said, when you reframed the way you were reacting, that changes the whole situation. If somebody comes at you and you're just like calm and sweet, that diffuses the situation. Yeah. So a- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. And it, and it, and it's so, it's so key, I think, because when you talk about, um, as you're doing helping, helping executive moms, you know, bring some sanity to their lives that, I mean, mothers, mothers and, and parents in general too, um, that are taking care of the kids, running them to all the sports, all the different activities and things they have to do now. What are some of the things that you see common across the, these people that, that you go, Hey, you just need to take a breath here because it's, yeah, well, a lot, of, a lot of the women that I work with, they're 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 caught up in their situation, right? They're not that they're not happy with the family or the way the life is necessarily, but a lot of times, something's out of whack, either at home or professionally, and our life melds. It's it's not separate. So either they're working in a job like we talked about earlier that's not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. When you're when you work eight, 10 hours all day and you're miserable, you come home, that's going to pour over into your home life. And if something is amiss at home, even though we're not supposed to bring home to work, you know, it's not like we can leave part of ourselves at home. Something spills over there. So it's, it's definitely, it's along those lines. I mean, it's not like one particular thing, but usually something's out of whack to cause the rest of it to be out of whack. I think you said it well, as I was sitting here listening to it, I was like, you're right. You can't, if you got trouble at home, it's going to affect you at work. If you got work trouble, it's going to affect you at home. And that's why I think, as you're saying, it's not necessarily one or the other for people, but the cause affects everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Neither, no matter what it is. So, so what are some of the things that, that you, when you see someone like this and you, you know, say they're having something at work. What are some of the, what are some of the, the basic steps that you, you try to help them through? Well, uh, to begin, to begin with the coaching, I always prefer to people to take the Clifton Strengths assessment mm-hmm. and we do a debriefing on that. Um, I will coach people who don't want to do that, but I find this is really a good tool to use for them to have an understanding of themselves quicker and for me to have a quicker understanding of them. Yeah. Um, that would, I, I mean, what a coach's job is, is to make the people find the answers that are within them. So there's a lot of questioning. There's, you know, activities that they're given, whether it's journaling, meditating, um, trying to figure out, trying to get them to figure out, right. The coach mm-hmm. doesn't tell you what your problem is because I, I won't know. 
Yeah. I might have a clue when I'm listening to you, but that's something that you need to come to a conclusion on. And then we talk about possible solutions. How would you address that? What are the different routes? And we look at different avenues. There's not one right path to take for any situation. There's multiple. So you really have to work on and think about what would be best for you in that situation. Yeah, because it is, you know, it is unique for each person and mm -hmm. them finding it, the answers themselves by, by you as the coach asking questions and, and provoking the right thoughts in their mind to be able to figure it out. I bet that's, I bet that's pretty powerful as, as some of the, as, as some of your, your coaching um, clients come down this road and they go figure some of this stuff out. Oh, absolutely. And, and the other thing to remember is there's always another person involved. So it's not just your coachee. It's either a spouse, a significant other or kids. So that's more to the mix mm -hmm. that's in the equation. So it's not just, just one thing, but yeah. it's, it's very rewarding to help someone through. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you're, when you're, when you're in these situations and, and people are, are coming through this process and, and they're working with you, what are some of the, some of the results that you really, really see? I know people will be happier or whatever, but what are some of the things that they're telling you about when they go, okay, I've, I've gone through this now and we worked through some things and that they're feeling that they, you know, sense of. Uh, words, sense of what, what are, what are some of those things that they, they express? Some of them, one, one of my early, I'll call it a success. It really wasn't my success. It was my client's success Yeah, was, it was, um, of, uh, I'm trying to think how old she was 40, 48 year old. Mm-hmm young lady, mm -hmm. <laughs> or young lady who thought she had no strengths. She, yeah. There was nothing oh, about man. her that was strong. Yeah. Yeah. And going through the coaching process, she was able to really visualize and own her own strengths, that she has talents that are strengths. And not only that, that we could go back and look at her earlier years in life and see where those strengths helped her solve challenges. That to me, that was just remarkable to see somebody at that age to think they had no strengths to actually realize, wow, I do have strengths. Cause this, this lady actually told me I don't have any strengths. And I'm like, look, you got your report. You have <laughs> Yeah. So we had to, you know, we went through the coaching process for her to realize that that was an actuality. Yeah. Um, another thing is um, women have said that life is smoother and happier and they're now looking at other options for careers uh -huh. that they were afraid to take before. So that's cool. Yeah. They're, they're actually figuring out who they are and where they want to go instead of just being stuck in life. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, that's awesome. Yes. And I've worked with men also, and I've worked with men who have overcome challenges, um, especially with a career path, yeah. finding a new career path, something they thought that they wanted, but weren't sure. And through coaching, 
they found out that is really what they wanted after all. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Cause I, th I think as we look at ourselves, we often think that we're not as strong as we are. Or we're good as, as good as we are. Or we, or we fall into, you talked about it before, you know, comparison. I think that's, yes. but I mean, it's, it, it's, got to be nice when you're able to help somebody realize that they are better and stronger and, and, and in a much better place than they really think they are. Yes. And to see it and to realize it around. Cause you know, I, well, I've been in those spins where you're, where you're just like, you know, I'm just in a bad place and then nothing's mm -hmm. good around me. And it's just, and it's dark. And then if you really open your eyes and look around, it's, there's a lot of bright light around you and you just don't see it. Right. And, and I think that, you know, for me personally, I think the coaching really brings that kind of stuff out. And do you see that in, in the clients as you work with them? It's like things that used to really, you really drive, drive them crazy, bother mm -hmm. them a lot. Now it's like, ah, it's a, you know, it's whatever it is. Yeah. I, I think mostly for me, I see a lot, a lot of the women, they hear people say positive things about them, but they don't believe it themselves. They don't buy into it. Like if somebody oh. says, you know, you're strong, you get things done, you have it together. They see themselves as a mess that can't do anything. So we have to work on that. But yeah, a yeah. lot of that is mindset, but it goes a little bit deeper than mindset because first they have to really, really see from within through their own mind's eye that yeah. they do have that, that they yeah. can own it. It's not just what people say. Uh, I have an, uh, one of the exercises um, that I do and I've done posts about it uh, is, is that I asked, especially for clients who are having a really hard time loving themselves, maybe mm -hmm. um, name three things that's good about you. And it can't be something that you do for others. It has to be just something that's good about you. It can't be like, oh, you know, I take care of my husband. I take care of my kids. Yeah. I, you know, because yeah. that, that's, that's anybody, something mm -hmm. that's good about you. And I have them use those as affirmations, mm -hmm. at least morning and, and at night, at least, and out yeah. loud until yeah. till they can own it. Yeah. And sometimes they have a hard time coming up with three things. So we have to work on that. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I think we're pro programmed sometimes to, to, you know, we've had parents or, or people around us that looked at negative, looked yes. at the negative all the time. And then we fall into that category. It's like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm this, but I'm not that. And that not overpowers the, 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 I'm good at this, but I'm not at this. And that not at this really just, negates what you're good at or what's, right. what's good about you in some people's minds. Mm -hmm. And that, that, like you said, that mindset and helping them through that has to be, has to be uh, challenging and rewarding for them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I, I can't lie. It's great for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love helping people recognize who they really are. Yeah. Um, like, like we were talking before the show, I think the world would be such a better place if we saw every human being for what they offer for yeah. their innate talents, not 
not necessarily for a skill they've learned or what they get paid to do yeah. or their ethnicity or anything like that, but just the human that they are. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's you're exactly right there because we all have gifts. We all mm -hmm. have gifts. We, we do. all have gifts and special qualities and, and things that, that were good and, and our challenges. And I think that's good. So you, you also, um, in a, in your recent transition, <laughs> you, you, you found out that found out something the hard way about, about insurance and that, that prompted you to, to start helping people with insurance as well. Yes, actually. Um, so my coaching business is, you know, a few years young yeah. and I started that on the side of my day job that I worked 14 years at. Mm -hmm. I had life insurance. I paid in extra money for more life insurance for me and for insurance on my husband. And when the pandemic hit, we got by for a while. And then this July, I lost my job. Uh, my mm -hmm. husband's disabled. So we're, well, now we're not a one income family. We're, yeah. we're, uh, we're a one income family with a little bit of disability, but, um, I had, not only did I not have health insurance, but I had, we had no life insurance mm -hmm. and I paid in on that for 14 years. Yeah. So that money I spent is gone. Didn't go to savings. Wasn't invested. I, cause I didn't know enough to ask. My employer didn't know enough to, to provide the right benefits or to share that information. So and looking for something else to do to um, help with the income from coaching. I came across insurance. And so I work with um, Globe Life Liberty National on Worksite. Mm -hmm. We offer a, really, it's the best if you can get it through work. They have a, a group term that is really good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's pre-tax, so you get benefits, but it's portable. So that's yeah. one thing that I would advise anybody that has life insurance through their employer, see if it's portable. If it's mm -hmm. portable, does it convert? If it converts, you need to know, does the face value decrease and do the premiums increase? Because if yeah. that's the case, you might want to look at something else. Yeah. Oh, no, it's a great point because because oftentimes we get we get these benefits and it's like, oh, yeah, here's some here's some insurance. And you pay a little extra and you go, oh, it's not that much. I'm just going to going to do that. But then when, like you said, when you come to the end, you don't realize that it, you spent the money on something that's not going to go with you. Yeah. And we a lot of times we depend on our employers for all our benefits. I mean, mm -hmm. at least yeah. in America, we do. Yeah. yeah. But. Yeah. So what. When you when you look at yourself and you said, okay, now I'm starting this other this new new type of career. What are some of the things you learned about yourself? You talk about strengths. What are some of the things you learned about yourself? I probably learned more about my challenges. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of them, um, like I talked about when the teacher in first grade put the tape on my mouth because yeah. I was a chatterbox. When I got my strengths report back, I had in my top 10, my 10th strength was woo, winning others over, which means later. A relator is someone who thrives on the personal relationships. And a woo is someone that you see at a party that goes from person to person to person. I don't relate with that. I see myself as more of the relator than the woo. 
Now, I'm guessing that I, my woo was stifled when they put the tape over my mouth because I was yeah. then taught not to talk to people and it became very difficult to talk to people. Well, now I need to work on my woo because I need to talk to people. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So I'm yeah. learning that it is in there, but I need to bring it out a little bit more. Um, I'm definitely mm -hmm. driven by helping people, which in this industry, you definitely get the opportunity to help people. Um, we've, we've, of course, we've seen both sad stories where people didn't take the coverage. Yeah. And, you know, something bad happens, but to see people who take the coverage and get the help they need, the financial help they need is, is rewarding to know that they're covered. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. I had a parent die this last year and, and, oh. uh, it's the, the insurance was, was a big part of it for my mom. It was a big part of it for her. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you don't realize it until you need it. Right. And it's one of those things that, uh, that you, it's like you said, you just don't realize it until you need it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, you look around at all the people who have to do GoFundMes or mm -hmm. they're doing benefits. Um, and sometimes, well, if you get the insurance while you're younger, it's really quite affordable. Yes. Now, wait till you're my age. Now I have to go get insurance. It's a yeah. lot of money. <laughs> yeah. A lot different. It's a yeah. lot different. <laughs> yeah. But that's, it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a really interesting combination though, because you know, um, because of your coaching background, some of the things that actually help to coach yourself. Yeah. Oh, at least you, you know them, but you may it, like doing doing something for yourself. It's hard to implement, maybe. But a, a coach needs a coach too. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, um, when when you're talking about people having a bad day, so yeah. doing on the worksite end. Um, we do we do cold walk-ins it's yeah, really yeah. Hor it's horrible <laughs> yeah yeah um i one of my I, one day i set up for a local business that the church has done business with mm -hmm. when i worked there they didn't know who i was yeah. but i i been in that business and i knew it was going to be a great experience now i'm hesitant to go talk to people i don't know remember mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. So I said, I'm going to do this one when the first one's in the morning because it's going to be a great experience. So I go in there and I ask for the owner. A lady comes up and asks, you know, who I am. So I tell her, tell her who I am, who I'm with, why I'm there. She goes back, talks to the owner. He says, come back and talk to me. So like, cool. I go back and talk to him. And first thing he does is starts yelling at me. <laughs> If you're here to sell me something, get out. And he literally chased me out of the building because his office was in the back up the stairs. Oh, chased wow. me down the stairs, out the door. And I was going to quit. I wanted to cry. I almost cried. I didn't. Yeah. And then I coached myself. Okay. He invited me back knowing what I was about. Why would he do that? He's got to be having a bad day. He needed to yell at somebody and there I was. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had to just change my mindset and realize I was there for him to yell at yeah. and then move on. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, and it's, uh, you know, the one thing I realized talking with you and, and as you talk with people that are, that are on their own learning 
whatever you call it, learning about mindset and about themselves and about it is that um, our parents didn't understand and we didn't weren't taught in school this kind of stuff. We, we weren't just simply weren't taught a, a lot of things that we know now that I don't, I, I don't think is still being taught that that would help us an awful lot in life and help our children a lot. Yeah. I thought it was hogwash. I mean, I'll admit it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I didn't understand that I understand now since I've gotten into coaching. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Like I said, I would raise my kids differently, even though I think they turned out great. They could have been better. Yeah. If they were more them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a good, it's a good way to say it. Cause I think they're, um, because the, the 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 strengths and challenges thing, and then and then dealing with people and understand, just like you said, the situation you talked about, to be able to to um, not take it internally. And I know for younger people, it's a lot harder, but um, still to to learn it, just learn it at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have developed these these skills over many years and been much better at it now. Yes, and now that maybe we wouldn't be so mean to other people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, it's it's just one of those things that I think that as you're as you're coaching as you're coaching, I mean, your life experience has to help an awful lot when you're you know because you're a mother of three, a grandmother. Uh, I mean, it, you you've really when you're talking with these executive moms, you you you've been there. Yeah, yeah, and and actually, too through my coaching experience, because like I said, I had my, my whole immediate family take the assessment. That includes my husband. Yeah. And boy, did I learn a lot about why we fight. I mean. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Because uh, his, his number one, this, okay. There's 34 talent themes. His number one strength is my number 34. No lie. (laughs) And he is always in his number one. And it, after I was learning how more how he thinks and how I think, and we'd get into an argument and I'd be like, wait a minute. Okay. This is where he's coming from. This is where I'm coming from. Then we can have a conversation. I got him to understand how I thought. And I was able to understand how he thought, which diffuses the situation. This is the really, it's a, it's a great um, couples tool also. No kidding. Yeah. I'm, for strengths for everything. But um, yeah, it really, would you really understand the other person? It's so much easier to communicate and to work together personally or professionally. Yeah. It just makes it so much better for everyone. Yeah. Yep. And it, and it, that's interesting how you said that with you and your, your husband, because I, I'm a fixer, right? And every time my wife would want to talk to me about something, I always try to fix it. And then I, yeah. then finally, after I was, you know, beating the head a million, a million times, uh, you realize that you should listen <laughs> and not say a lot sometimes. It's a lot easier when you, when you know what, the, like you said, when the other, what the other person is really trying to say, not what's coming out of their mouth. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause we often don't say what we mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something. That's something. Well, you know, Michelle, it's been great talking to you today. I just, I just enjoy, I enjoy your energy. I enjoy the, the practicality of what I, I mean, I just think that your, your coaching clients have to be, have to be very 
happy and thankful to have you helping them because of the fact that, you know, you come from a, from a, a deep understanding and, and some real life experience behind it and, and can show them, you know, ways that they can build on their strengths and, and make things roll, run better or work better for themselves. Well, yeah. thank you, David. I always enjoy talking with you. Yeah. It's thank you so much. It's just, it's, it's great. And I know that, that, uh, you know, we had a lot of comments here. We had Ronald, we had, uh, Ronald is here and they had Shane, uh, Rob, Shane, Rob, excuse me. I can't see. I was looking through a camera here, but, uh, uh, saw that. Thanks so much for commenting today. Thanks so much, Michelle, for being here. And if people want to get a hold of you, Michelle, where's the best place to get a hold of you? Um, you can get a hold of me here on LinkedIn or on Facebook. My profiles are public. I'm open. Yeah. Um, also have a Facebook and um, LinkedIn page for Cultivate and Thrive, my coaching yeah. on Instagram. Probably not as nice as most people's, but it's there. Yeah. And if you're interested at all about insurance or joining the insurance industry, just hit me up. There you go. There or coaching. Go. Yeah. I'm always looking for new clients too. Yeah. Yeah. So cultivate and thrive and then on LinkedIn and, and uh, Facebook, Michelle Gunn. So Michelle, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks everyone for listening in and your comments. We'll be back again shortly with another interesting guest talking about life and business. Thanks everyone. Thanks guys. <laughs>